Welcome to this week's Western Sports Football Club podcast. This week it's goals galore as us. Three sides chalked up 16 goals uh, with only one conceded. Thankfully, the fans stayed off the pitch at our matches, but we'll see if we can offer any insight on the disturbing scenes from the weekend. It's Tuesday, the 12th of March, and with me tonight are Ant Heron, Jamie Green and Josh Payne. So, guys, we'll start with first-team match uh, away at Portland Reserves. Um, we played Portland at the start of the season. They were pretty pretty new in the league, and I, th- I think we... Is it 4-0, 4-1, something like that? But, a, but a, a reasonably tough game, so we get there and... We're thinking we're going to get a tough game and the wind's blowing just as you expect at Portland. Uh, yeah, I, the pitch was really good though, wasn't it? I, for how windy and red it, wet it seemed, you probably could have wore a mould and got away with it. But um, but yeah, they've picked up some good results as well. And yeah, I thought obviously the game didn't pan out that way. But yeah, it definitely wasn't <coughs> by no one thought to be an easy game at all. But the, the pitch was in good nick and it sort of allowed us to play a bit of football that perhaps we haven't been playing in the last few weeks I was going to ask Jamie and Josh that but then we realised they haven't been there the last couple of weeks so I'll chuck that one at Ant as well yeah it's not yeah I think yeah I think our um, yeah we, we, we like to play football don't we and I think you know particularly Gill's pitch was horrendous wasn't it and so, so was last week's and it you know probably is a, an area for us to improve on we've got to adapt uh, and, and maybe change up how we play on on a poorer surface, but yeah, it was nice to have a ball that would that would sort of roll in a straight line, or you, you know, and um, and yeah, we started well and just dominated. I think start to finish really. Right, Flem. I mean, we all know you've got a foot that scores goals, but on Saturday you were playing at centre half. You know, one of your uh, other other positions, and it's all about a clean sheet from there, isn't it? Um, but both sides sort of started with a fair bit of attacking intent, and it was a bit sort of end to end for the first. Five ten minutes. Yeah, it was. All they really had was like probably a long ball down the side. They had like two quick lads up front, but we just kept we dealt with that pretty easily really, and then get the ball back to Swats, play out from the back. Um, I didn't think they offered a lot really, but then I think we didn't give them a chance to play. They're seventh in the league, and we absolutely battered them really. Good, good performance. We we sort of took the lead after well ten minutes in the end, Josh, and came from <coughs> came from you. Do you want to talk us through it? It came from you, Phil. <laughs> Your lovely ball down the left. <laughs> Did you want to talk about my tackle and then the, the fact that I made up 40 yards first and then laid it to you? Or, or did you <laughs> want to talk about your bit? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I just scored a one-on-one. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's a bit harsher, so come on, come on, Flav, you talk us through it. I, I mean, I did pass Josh the ball, but he, st- he still had a lot to do, I think. I'm not going to claim that as any sort of assist. Yeah, no, he took, it was a great goal. He took the ball, I think, on the outside of his boot around the around their defender and he was in one-on-one from a tight angle and slotted at home. It was a great goal. Yeah, very good uh, very good goal, Josh. Well done. It's nice to have you good back on form and firing after a few weeks when you're thinking you're going to join the army. <laughs> uh, not quite to be. Five minutes. Um, and before, Four before we got too far ahead, though, um, there was a was one ball over the top that sort of caught us out and the lad got through. I think he might have been because he'd given offside in the end but there was a sort of Swats and Manly joint keeping the ball out unaware where it was in a collision but it, we, kept, we kept the ball out one way or the other Yeah that was their only chance I think it was just a long ball over caught us did catch us out like you said um, I think Johnny made a last ditch tackle but was saying come off Swats and somehow come off their play I think then went out for a goal kick went out for a goal kick <coughs> but they probably thought it as a chance missed but it was great, great keeping by Swats again 
And we're starting to, although it's still only 1-0 at this point, it's sort of, we started to get on top and be in control and it was a bit more one way and the, the long balls weren't really coming off and you can sort of only see a goal coming from one team at this point. Yeah, I think, yeah, particularly um, we're playing out from the back, playing well in, in sort of midfield and in, in wide areas where we're holding the ball and <clears throat> I don't know, for them, that you know, they kept... You know they kept trying the long ball, and with that wind, it was just going out of play. Whereas for us, e- even if we played a long ball, where where Payne is so quick and Callum is so quick, it w- it would go ahead but hold up or, or almost blow back into their path. So um, so yeah, I think I think we just we were on it straight away, really. And um, and to be honest, we even against the wind, we didn't really play long balls. We were just keeping it short, and it was it was probably a bit too much for them. And then not too long before our time, we did make it two. Josh, you were involved again. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I think Barrett Barrett gave me a ball on the halfway line. I just beat a man and put a ball into the box, and uh, it fell to Callum. And to be fair to Callum, he uh, a lovely little turn inside the box, and then he wrong-footed the keeper. He wrong-footed all of us, I think, yeah. and it went in the near post. Lovely little swivel of the hips, wasn't it, and into the near post, sort of keeper thinking he was going to go across him. So it's a, it's a lovely little finish, and obviously that that puts us on top with not long to go before half time and. Just before half time, really, to, to sort of seal what was a, a great first half, going away and being 3 0 up, is um, the ball's through and Henry goes through. And do you want to talk us through what happens, Ben? Um, I can't actually remember. Uh, I'll ask Ant. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he, go, he goes clean, clean through, goes around the keeper, and, and keeper fouls him, doesn't he, and, and gets booked because you can't get. They don't do the double punishment now, do they, where they, they, they won't send you off if you tackle in the box. So. Um, do you know what? I thought it was a bit of a harsh booking. I, I guess, but I, I, I thought it was. Did you think it was a harsh booking? No, no, he, he, did, he did clatter him. Did but he? I think oh. Henry, Henry has yeah, this. Oh, fair enough. I, yeah. I, and I guess it is a yellow then in, in the box, but yeah. Um, yeah, great run by Henry. And He's got a nasty, nasty gash on his shin from it as well, so I think it's probably worth the bucking for the lunge, but. Um, and then, and after uh, you know, one of your own teammates trying to put you off by trying to take the ball out of your hands, um, you eventually stepped up and slotted the ball home. Selfish bloke, isn't he? <laughs> there is reason behind it, isn't there, Fleb? Yeah. Fleb, so, so what makes you think after like, you know, swanning off on holiday, you like straight back in the side taking penalties? Because when I was sat next to him in the change rooms, I said, Harry told me I'm on pens today. And he said, oh, if we get a pen, yeah, you can have it. So I fucking, well, he ran up from, from centre-back to get the ball off him. He's like, no. And then unfortunately he scored. <laughs> right. Granted, I did say that, but I've taken a few penalties in the last few weeks now, a few higher pressure ones. And I thought, do you know what? I can't. There could be anyone on the pitch yeah. I'd have rather have given that ball to <laughs> than Flem. So, yeah, I, I took the ball off Josh, actually, didn't I? And, um, yeah. you, you, were, you wanted it, didn't you? Yeah. I wasn't going to get in your way. Yeah, and then... Um, it, was good. it was all right pen, Flem, wasn't it? To be honest. Yeah. It went in, didn't it? <laughs> it went in. <laughs> I, I think, I mean, obviously, Hayden was taking penalties, whether, you know, back along and scoring, he, he's obviously left. And you've, and you've, uh, you've taken over and scored every one. So we, I think you've got every right to expect um, to take the next penalty as well. Yeah. Okay, so a, a great first half, 3 0 up at half time. Um, you know, that's probably way more than we were hoping for when we arrived, if we're honest about it. Um, but we started the second half really, really strongly, uh, just a couple of minutes into the second half. And we get on the score sheet again. Um, so it's. Um, yeah, it was- 
Nick Nick on the ball and he managed to tee one up for Henry. Yeah, it, it originally came from Swats played a long ball. It's just a long lump ball up from Swats up to me, and it's just bounced off me. And someone's played a ball out to Nick. And to be fair to Nick, I thought he was going to shoot. I thought he was going to cut inside and shoot because he had ages, acres. And uh, he's picked out inch-perfect ball to Henry. And to be fair to Henry, the finish is a hell of a finish. It's, he was off balance and he side-footed it into the... Was it behind him, the ball? Yeah. It looked, it looked almost like behind him. It was a great finish. It, it, was, it, was, it was just a good goal. Off balance and he side footed it into the corner of the net. Four 0 There's defender there as well, wasn't there? He probably should have got the ball. Well, Henry had no right to score really, but it's a good goal. So we're we're four 0 up, two minutes inside the second half. At this point, you know, the, to a degree, it's going to take a massive effort to throw it away from here. You know, at this point, you've got to be thinking of doing the right things, maybe trying to get a couple more on the score sheet, and if make sure you keep a clean sheet. I mean, Flem, that's what it's all about at this point, making sure we do the right things. Yeah, that's what we said at half-time. Uh, keep a clean sheet and we're going to win the game. And it was, wasn't too hard to really against them. They didn't offer a lot, I don't think. And uh, a couple of minutes after that, Flem, you were asking the linesman for a uh, point of clarity. Um, can you remember that? No, <laughs> what you asked the linesman? <laughs> You're going to be outside from a goal kick? <laughs> yeah. I'd like to see a player when he's not sure of the rules asking one of the officials. That's very good. You don't hear it often enough. You just hear them shouting at them when they think they've got it wrong. So, very impressed. With the wins, I had a very good, was a good question. <laughs> okay, uh, not too long later, we, we got a fifth. Um, three ball from Callum. Oh, sorry. No, before we got the fifth. Uh, Josh, you had a chance. Three ball from Callum. Oh, yeah, I blocked the keeper's, uh, keeper's clearance. And, and the ball's fallen to me with like an open goal. But it was, it was an angle. And I've just hit the side netting. Should have scored, but should have done better. Should have done better. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. That was the day to miss one at that point, so um, there we go. Um, we did make it five soon after, and it was Nick who, who got it, and Josh, you were involved again, which seems to be a bit of a recurring theme at the minute. No, it's just beating the fo- beat the fullback, and then uh, they, the sort of cr- they sort of crumbled in the box. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I tried squaring the ball to Nick... And one of their lads, to be fair to him, has just whacked it goal-bound and it's hit a bloke on the line and fallen to Nick and he's smashed it in the corner of the goal. So it was either an own goal or a Nick goal. And then, as if that... Well, we talked about um, Henry having a good finish a minute ago. Let's talk about his next one. This has probably got to go down slightly better. Um, He managed to get on the score sheet again to make it six. He should have passed it, Phil. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, when, when we when we talk when, when we talk about taking the right option, and you say, should you be shooting from thirty five, forty yards? Is, yeah. is that is is that taking the right option? In this instance, yeah, I'll go. It's a great, it's it's good finish, wasn't it? It was, was, it was, was weird finish, though, wasn't it? it like, the time sort of stood still with it. Um, yeah, thirty. Well, it's like it's a long way out, thirty five yards, thirty yards, and sort of like. Like caressed a side foot, but it just yeah flew. Loved the keeper and yeah great finish. I had a good angle. I was on the I was on the byline from getting an earlier crossing, and <laughs> he had a hell of a lot of goal to aim for. To be fair, yeah. and it it's just gone under the bar. It was perfect, perfect. A hell of a finish. Are we putting it down as a great finish, Flem, or wind assisted? No, great goal. <laughs> Henry all day long, great goal. <laughs> <laughs> great goal, great guy. <laughs> Well done, Henry, on more than one front from that. Uh, and finally, just to finish it off, um, we get a seventh, which is great. And, and Josh, I think you put a three-ball to Cal. 
Yeah, it was. It's probably the longest pass I've ever made in my life. It's, I didn't know you could kick it that hard. No, neither could I. Wind assisted out Portland, but no, I. Uh, I just clipped a long ball and to Callum's a lot quicker than I expected, <laughs> expected him to be, to be fair. He outpaced the, the centre-half and uh, it was a hell of a good finish. A little outside the boot, I think it was, or left foot just across the keeper into the side net. And he, he probably shouldn't have scored from the angle, but fair play to him, he did it. And really, just to, to round off our day, or something which could have spoiled the day, should we say, um, cheap free kick given away with five minutes to go. Uh, Josh involved in that one as well, from the looks of it. Um, but Sammy Watts, does as we expect, was sort of nowhere, and all of a sudden plucks one out of the top corner for direct, from a direct free kick, maintaining our clean sheet. Well, I thought you made it look for the cameras, really. <laughs> he waited for the last second to die. It's <laughs> right next to him, but... No, he's class, wasn't he? As always. Okay, so a 7-0 victory, uh, which is always good. Um, other results from the weekend were Balti 4, Corfe Castle 3, Blanford 2, Swanage 3, Dorchester Sports 8, Wareham 1, Hamrek 1, Gill 1, Murley Cobham 5, Parley 0, and Shaftesbury 2, Stern Newton 0, Sherborne 2, Holt 3. A couple of exciting-sounding games, and... Obviously, a little disappointment for us when you think, oh, we scored seven, we'll make up a bit of goal difference on Cobham only to come off the pitch and find they've scored five. They love it, don't they? I think uh, top two goal scorers in the league are from Murley Cobham, aren't they? Um, so, yeah, they're great going forward and, and keeping clean sheets with them. So, um, but we just got to carry on winning games and, um, well, we're a point clear of them. Yeah, so we're a point ahead of um, Murley Cobham and we are two points behind Hamrek. Um, who we obviously have to play but there's, there's an awful lot of games left and there's an yeah. awful lot of tough games left I mean you've got to look at Cobham and go the, the goals that they're scoring they've scored 19 more goals than us I mean that is some serious goal scoring isn't it yeah <laughs> there's not much I can really say as Ant said the top two goal scorers in the league are from Cobham and they don't tend to concede a lot of goals either um, I'm not sure who's got the best defensive record in the league it might be us but they've got to be up there definitely uh, is there any stopping Cobham? We'll see, won't we? <laughs> yeah, maybe in third, but, you know, I mean, just take, for example, if, if us and Hamrek were to play each other, I mean, you know, there's loads of things. If, if Hamrek beat us and they move ahead and it's, you know, they're a long way ahead. If we beat them, then we're ahead and it's all to play for for us. Uh, no, I don't think so. And if, if, if us and Hamrek draw, then Cobham all of a sudden in prime position, you know. It's, it's, a, it's a real real great three-way title race, I think. So, you know, great for the league. And, of course, the Hamrek game that we have is the first Saturday in April. And the fixtures are just out, Saturday the 6th of April. So that should be a, an interesting game down at Alvington. OK, the reserves uh, played at Alvington on Saturday. Uh, the pitch was obviously in uh, lovely condition. They played in it the week before and um, surprisingly good after the rain that we'd had. Uh, the game started off with chances for both sides. Chickle had a, a cross which came off the bar uh, and also uh, their keeper made a very good save from a Jamie Burt header from a corner. Uh, from the resultant corner though, Jamie Burt headed it back across goal and Joe Jarvis blasted it over the bar so the chances were coming and the Chickle keeper again on the, on the making another great save from Charlie Gay off it. Uh, Eventually, we did get a goal. It was a, a corner, went deep, and Liam Stobbs confused the uh, entire defence and goalkeeper by missing his shot, but recovered to stab it home before they did make it 1 0. He keeps scoring, Liam, doesn't he? He's always on the score sheet. And um, the first half nearly ended badly. Um, Chickle got a, a penalty in the last minute, a rash tackle in the box, and by all 
counts and observers who've spoken to me, they all say it's a definite penalty. However, the Czechoslovak player stepped up and smashed it against the crossbar, so going 1-0 up. Second half was a lot better, um, played a lot more, and although it was fairly even possession-wise, all the chances were coming for us. And uh, the second goal came when Charlie Gay was put through and he rounded the keeper to make it 2-0. Isaac then stepped up, uh, had a free kick 25 yards out, stepped up and smashed it home to make it 3-0. The fourth goal came from Lewis Houchin making a run, pulled it back to Isaac, whose shot was parried, but Rory pouncing on it to make it 4 and finally, a ball across the goal, and Rory again on hand to score from close range. 5 0 finish for the reserves. Uh, fantastic results. Uh, I say it was a, an even game for, for large parts of this, um, but a very good win, and, and again, a clean sheet for, for um, Pip and his, his defence there. So, so, very good news from all of them. Uh, special shout out to uh, Matty Phillips for picking up the man of the match and putting in a thoroughly good performance from all accounts. Uh, it's a shame we couldn't quite get any of the reserves to come and talk to us tonight, but uh, schedules make things difficult. Although I know I'm in for a telling off next week from Matty's mum because uh, she always moans at me when he's not on it. So, uh, you know, you're not helping me out, Phillips, here. You've got, you've got come and save me a bit of grief. Uh, other results from the uh, Dorset Senior League were Broadstone 5, Bemster 1, Corfmullen 2, Cranbourne 4. Paulborough 1, Blandford 0 and the game between Allendale who are bottom and Mere Town in seconds and nearest rivals was postponed because Allendale couldn't field a side. That leaves us four points ahead of Mere having played the same number of games. Um, we've still got six games left and I think, are they, I think they're pretty much after the April games have been played they will all be at home so um, you know you've we're in a, a strong position, to be fair. So um, keep it up, boys. Let's see that home. Uh, the under-18s played yesterday, uh, sorry, Sunday, um, and they'd already cemented second place in the league, uh, but they completed their final league match of the season with a 4-1 victory over Tone Youth at Alvington. Uh, Sam had a hat-trick, and Seb also got on the score sheet, nodding home to complete the victory. They just have a cup final left to play, and as soon as we've got the details on that fixture, we will let you know what they are, but we're hearing a few rumours about it being played at Bridgewater Town, so something to look forward to. Right, guys, other news. I mean, we have to talk about the big big stories of the weekend. Um, I guess it's fan attacks, really. We had, on Friday night, an incident in the Hibs-Rangers game in Easter Road in, Glas- in Glasgow Scottish football. On Sunday, we had a Birmingham fan running onto the pitch and punching Jack Grealish. Just a few hours later, we had an Arsenal fan coming on and confronting Chris Smalling and, and who knows where this is. I mean, why do people think this is acceptable behaviour? No answer, is there, to that question? No, no idea. I, I, don't, I, think, um, I think things like the Smalling one, uh, the Smalling, the chap that ran on, was obviously that sort of, I reckon, would have triggered from him seeing yeah. the Jack Greenish incident earlier. So it's like a... You know, just like copying another idiot. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, I feel so. I, I know a lot of pundits that have, have come out. Like Vinnie Jones was uh, on Talksport moaning about the quality of stewarding and, and and you know and other people. But you 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 can't you can't stop something like that, can you? I, really, if if an idiot's going to run on, he's going to run on. Yeah, I mean, stewards are volunteers at the end of the day with a limited amount of training and there's a limited amount of them. I mean, if if someone really wants to get on the pitch, they're going to get on the pitch. Yeah, exactly that. Um, You can blame stewarding, I suppose, but 
the clubs have to take the blame for the lack of stewarding. What do they get? 50, 60 quid a game, I spare. So, that what's that? Is a lot. Yeah, what's that for someone who's, who's paying players thousands and thousands? If they added another two grand to stewarding per match, they probably wouldn't have the problem. Well, not solve the problem, but it would certainly help it. Because when he was on the pitch, there's only one steward there anyway, he's taking them off. So this, this, I mean, not the obvious question. It's been asked everywhere, but you know, we've had an incident in um, in tennis, for example, with Amada Casellas. What happens if that a bloke had had a knife? I mean, what, what, how, how far does this go? Do we think this sort of thing would happen? Uh, you'd hope, you'd hope they wouldn't get into a pit, into the stadium with a knife. But but checks, but but checks are all done on away fans. Home fans don't get checked. Then you have to look at the clubs and the club security, don't you? It's uh. It's in every sport, in every, in everything these days, you have to you have to check it. It's it's a hard one to answer. <laughs> it's, it's difficult. Yeah, there's no easy answer to this, and there's going to be some more tricky questions coming up. But I mean, when you've got this bloke, he's that's you know the greenish incident. He's run on. He's just punched an opposing player because he purely plays for a rival team, um, and he's being cheered off by large sections of his his home fans. I mean, the the, the behaviour is is endemic. It's it's surely wrong, and these people wouldn't be doing that in real life would they <clears throat> no but when people go to the football match they've changed didn't they it's as simple as that um, you wouldn't hear someone shouting racist abuse at someone in the street but when you get on the pitch they think they can get away with it and they think because the players have paid so much money that they're allowed to shout whatever they want so why, so why do people think that they can shout whatever they want at football just because they've paid their money to enter the pitch I don't know do you reckon, do you reckon they actually change or they're almost like natural side comes out like they're obviously not going to you know when they're in work being paid employment they're not going to then start being racist it's it's when they've got this almost excuse for it to be like mildly humoured by 40,000 people do, do you know what I mean I, I don't know I, it, it's crazy and I I know I, I just don't you, I just, you just can't stop it even if they increase stewards someone will eventually run through no matter, even if they're like you know brick shit houses, someone there'll be a moment where they can run on it, and they'll run on. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the punishment should be either for for the clubs. It's it's hard. Are they fans? I, that's another question. Are they actual? Do they actually support their team, or are they just there to because it's a derby? And I know he had a Birmingham top on, but I'd question whether they're actually a, a, a Birmingham or Arsenal United fan. Yeah, so interesting point there, and so. Flem, is this a slight Flem's answer? So, is this a reflection of society as it is today? Are these people bringing what they actually think and their thoughts into a football ground and then finding that release of shouting every abuse, whether it's racist, homophobic, sexist, whatever it is? Are they are they bringing it in? Is that what they think all the time? Or are they doing it just because there's people around them doing it? They're bringing it into an environment where they think it's acceptable, or is it what happens to them? I don't know, it's a hard question to answer when there's something you wouldn't do yourself. You need to be asking these people, really, look, why do you think it's acceptable, why do you do it? Um, you obviously think they can get away with it, they're in a crowd, they're not on their own. Uh, if he went to the match on his own, like, in closed doors, would he be shouting abuse like that at the players when there's no one else to hear it? Probably not. So it's like, I mean, you've got to bear in mind, I mean, if, effectively, if we're, if we're honest about it, those 
guys on the pitch are working if we're honest about it and although you know you're watching a competitive sport and you're going to have you've got fandom and you've, you've got rivalries which everyone understands we completely understand that and you want your team to win and you get a bit frustrated at times but there's a difference between doing that and shouting some of the abuse that, that comes out I mean if the you know the lady at the till in Tesco's when she's serving you drops one of your apples you don't just scream abuse at her and shout swear words and start being racist or sexist do you it's you know why why is it acceptable in this workplace and not in Tesco's it's a simple answer really isn't it it's not <laughs> it's not acceptable and it's just it's, it's just a stupid thing that these people have done and I don't I don't know how they can fathom in their brains the idea to run on the pitch and do these things what I do think is that the FA should have punished them and made an example of them to a high, to a bigger extent. I don't think, this, for me personally, the sentence for them is long enough. Okay, well, we'll, we'll come back to that in a minute then. So, um, so do we think this is where does like you know, particularly in the rivalry, there's, you can see sometimes when you see players go up. Uh, in the in the slower moments of a football match, for example, like a player taking a throw in, or a player taking a corner, where there's a a panned picture, and it's on one player, and he's thinking about what he's going to do with the ball. You can see fans standing up in the stands, screaming abuse, just vile abuse at them. You've seen 80-year-old ladies flipping the bird at them and shouting at them. Where does this hatred come from in a sporting? competition yes support your team but where does this just abuse come from uh, I think that maybe they're trying to put them off like but isn't that overstepping the mark slightly they need to, like, no not really if someone was taking the penalty and I was behind the goal and I got my dick out and then put it wide I'd feel very happy about myself <laughs> well until everyone saw the size of it on TV yeah and <laughs> they'd all be scared <laughs> it, it could be it could just be passion it could be their idea of passion they're so caught up in the moment and their opinions or they're so opinionised on what they want to happen and how well they want their teams to do they just go nuts but I'll I'll bring something up so I mean you've got in you've got in Sands and and I've been there and and this I mean because this is difficult right so you can I've been sat on a football ground supporting my team and I've over to my whatever side left or right a couple of rows back or a couple of rows forward or a few seats to me one side of me either way and there's somebody stood there and they're screaming abuse and it's horrible and it's got nothing to do with the football it's just abuse and it's either racist or it's homophobic or it's, it's, it's shouting something and it's ridiculous and all of us around him are just sort of looking going and we know it's wrong all of us and there's kids around and we know it's wrong it's wrong that he's shouting anyway kids are sort of looking around going what the hell is all this about it's the wrong place it's the wrong environment and yet we know if we stand up and tell them to shut up we'll be the ones who get the, the abuse from everyone else around us isn't it? and it, if enough people stand up to him it was, will that help but how do you get to that point where enough people are prepared to do that because it takes a brave brave person to do that in front of all those people yeah yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, it's difficult especially like I don't know if if you're not if you don't feel like you know things are wrong sometimes, but you don't feel confident or you know you know you're not a confrontational person. Then it's like you know you've just got some someone just coming across as aggressive, intimidating, or whatever. I I, I don't know. I, I 
I don't know. I wouldn't. The thing is, I wouldn't buy it that it, it's passion because also that's just something easy to hide behind. Then, isn't it? Oh, I'm passionate, so that means I can I can be like racist, homophobic, xenophobic. abusive. It's, but it's, 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 but you can't. It's, it's, it's basically that they're, they're excusing things for if they did them in the street, stuff you'd be arrested for. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I'm just trying to put him off his corner. Like, I. Uh, yeah. I. It's it's hard to stop, and it's probably inherited. It's inherited one way or another. You you, you know you're not born with with these sort of with these behaviours, are you? So, how do you stop? How do you stop it? Almost impossible. Okay, so we don't we're not going to solve this, obviously. But um, the guy who punched Jack Grealish, Jack Grealish, has been sentenced to 14 weeks in prison. Is this? A good punishment? Not enough? Too much? Well, I'm glad he got sent down. Like That's enough to scare anyone else, really, I think. He's gone straight to prison and then made an example of it. Um, if he got off of a fine and you think, well, he's just he's out on the streets, he probably well, he can't do it next week because I was going to be banned. But I think people really like when someone's been sent to prison, it makes you realise how actually how bad it was and that it would obviously stop probably 99% of people that would consider it and think, no, it's not worth getting sent to prison for. The problem with the law is it's supposed to be that the law is, is equal for everyone, no matter who you are, where you come from and all the rest of it. I mean, I've been, um, it's going back a long time on a, and on a night out, but I was punched in an unprovoked attack by someone and he got a police caution, not 14 weeks in prison. I mean, there's quite a differential there. Surely it should be the same, they should have got the same punishment, shouldn't they? Swings and roundabouts. <laughs> it swings and roundabouts. Personally, for me, I, th- I think they should have made an example of him. And but this is the law. You have to treat everyone the same. The law cannot make examples of people. That's the, the, the theory of the law. But but he's broke. He has broke the law, by all means. But I, I, I just don't. I can't. I can't fathom it. I can't fathom why he's done it. I can't fathom. How 14 weeks is long enough. Uh, I don't know how they've... If, if someone on the street was to walk up to you and punch you, how long would they get in? Would oh, they go to jail? Hold on, this, this, I mean, she let's be honest, Josh. Yeah, so this happened to you not too long ago, <laughs> if you're honest. Yeah. What, oh, happened, what, that what happened to them? Did they get 14 weeks in prison? Uh, no, they, <laughs> they were young. They, they were young, so... Um, they were, nine, they, they were nine and ten. <laughs> <laughs> they were nine and ten-year-olds, and uh, and uh, there, was, there was a lot of them. <laughs> but no, they 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 all went to a. Uh, it, it was youth offenders at the well. A couple of them went to youth. But I, th- but I think we all agree that there needs to be that the punishment needs to be a deterrent. If we're honest about it, okay. And should the? I mean, this is where we get into difficult periods. So, should we be punishing the club, or just the people who do it? Why has he gone to jail? Mm. I think. Um, I, ugh. I don't know. Aside of me, aside of me thinks like a points deduction, let's say to Birmingham, would be harsh because it's like it's just one idiot that's run on. But then, uh, how else? When, 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 I, I just don't think that that bloke getting fourteen weeks will change much. I really don't. So unless it, unless they do something to the club. To, to something they love and that, like they they care about, 
Okay, but but, but so that, that that brings the old two argument. Do they do they love the the club and do they care about the club or are they just you know do, are they there for the violence and the abuse and and what happens when when the club starts getting punished and, and uh, I don't know for example a Aston Villa fan dresses up as a Birmingham fan gets in the home end and runs on and does it. So. That's what will happen. It's obvious, isn't it? It's obvious. But then when but then when then when like other has it got to be then more than one? for it to then be punished in a club so when like um, clubs get done for racism and stuff should we be punishing players as individuals or would you punish clubs and do you find them what, what, what does it have to be more than, more than one well historically we see, we see you see the players being treated as players it's not the club doesn't get done for it does it but the club does get in certainly particularly in the way for competitions but also league competitions the clubs do get punished for uh, what their fans sing for example if it's uh, got racist connotations so so it's very difficult, but there we go. Uh, they do, you're right, and that's something it probably needs addressing. Um, so we don't know the answers, but I think really what we're saying is to just be decent people. And if you're in a, as a spectator, you know, don't throw things at footballers. You wouldn't throw things at people in the street. It's not very nice. Don't abuse people. It's not very nice. You wouldn't do it in the street because you'd be arrested. So if you'd be arrested for it... <laughs> in the streets or if you're at work doing it to people then it's probably best not to anyway moving on right bit of a surprise at Real Madrid I don't think anyone saw this coming Zinazine Zidane is back I mean I'm surprised are you surprised do you care <laughs> I wanted them to come to Chelsea <laughs> did you personally yeah I okay, did what, what, what did you think you could bring to Chelsea well, I was hoping a winning mentality or some results. Yeah, hope Kante and hold a midfield. Do you agree with that, Flem? Is another Chelsea fan here? I agree with wanting Zidane at Chelsea. Oh, yeah, but I wouldn't necessarily want Sarri sacked. I just want wanting to just change it. Well, he's changed it a little bit recently. I just want Kante and hold a midfield. I don't care who runs it. Just put him in the centre midfield. I mean, so we we all know we all know um, Solari was was going, and uh, obviously the you know there was uh, rumours about Mourinho, uh, obviously Pochettino in the summer, without question. Um, there was never any mention of Zidane, so I guess we're a little surprised. And the fact that he's gone back to a team that now has is less Ronaldo, uh, a non-functioning Gareth Bale is really performing badly. Are we expecting him to pull up trees here, or is it just going to carry on much the same? I think this is a true test of what he can do. I was about to say, I think it'll it'll show sort of what he can do. And like, I know he won three Champions League, which is amazing, isn't it? But he, you know, it, he had the right. He just, uh, uh, it's. I'm not discrediting him, but it, it, the side was so good. You had Ronaldo, Cruz, Modric, Bale, like Ramos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, the, I think I think how he now turns around this this Real Madrid side would be interesting but I think because of who he is he's got pulling power on players so I think every like Chelsea fan Hazard will go and he, he's made no bones that he likes Real Madrid and likes Zidane and I don't think it'll it'll end there so yeah it, I, I think it's interesting but I think now there'll be a lot of happy Spurs fans because now it looks like Oli will get the job at United Zidane's uh, got the Real Madrid job so probably does look like Poch will stay um, and then I, I, you know, on, on Mourinho I reckon he'll go PSG <coughs> I, reckon, I reckon he'll go there ok so just a couple of more questions on that then so we've got our two Chelsea fans here then I think 
if how old is Hazard now? Twenty eight? Twenty nine? I thought it was twenty eight, something like that. Twenty eight, so if you get £150 for a 28-year-old, so, so basically someone who's at his peak has only got two, two and a half more years left at his peak, that's a good deal, isn't well, it, if you reinvest that money wisely? Well, <laughs> it depends on your pick. We're not allowed to transfer for two years for a start, or two... two Possibly, on a, two waiting years, on appeal. Two, two bands, potentially, but... How do you know that's his peak? Look at Ronaldo. Ronaldo's how old? Yeah, but Ronaldo's a bit of a different physical specimen to most other players. Hazard's, Hazard's very good. <laughs> he, he's very good. Okay. We can't afford to lose him. Okay, Flem, where does this leave Pochettino? Because everyone thought he was either going to Real Madrid or United, and that's looking increasingly unlikely. I couldn't care about the <laughs> 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 yeah. um, I don't know. Wherever he wants, I suppose. Stay there and rot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll eat that. Well, well, we've mentioned uh, Pochettino and Spurs. Uh, let's talk about the. I mean, one incident from the Spurs game. Obviously, they lost two one to Southampton. The, the equalising goal, and I know you've watched it tonight on, on the say so. Danny Rose does a step over without any idea of what's behind him. I mean, that's not good enough, is it? No, I, I don't. Know. I, I don't think he definitely. I don't know. He wouldn't be my left back for England. He wouldn't be set. He wouldn't be reserved. He's right going forward, isn't he? I think he's 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 all right enough. But what's he doing? He he doesn't. He clearly doesn't know what's behind him. So why is he trying to step out? You're watching Flem. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> you've you've got to know what's behind you if you're just going to step over and let it go if, without without trying to get some sort of block in it. I think the other big one for the weekend then was Raheem Sterling, um, the offside decision or the first goal against Watford. I mean. You know, City dominated possession. They had 19 shots to Watford's two. We're not suggesting that City probably wouldn't have won this game, but the first goal does matter in games, if we're honest about it. And um, the ball's gone in. He's onside. It's gone to Aguero. He's laid it off to him. He's a, at least a yard off. And somehow, because the defender's got a touch in it while he's drawing back his shot, his foot to shoot, they've deemed that he was inactive. If a player's pulling back his foot to shoot, he can't possibly be inactive, can he? Uh, how can you be inactive when you're so close to the ball? It's a joke. I don't understand that. Um, I don't keep thinking about getting it. If you're offside, you're offside no matter what. But then I do think that's probably wrong. But then when you get decisions like this, you think, well, if he's offside no matter what. Um, how someone who isn't interfering has just gone and put their team in the lead. So. One of our summer episodes of this podcast is going to be about uh, rules and uh, laws of the game, and offside is going to feature fairly prominently in that, so um, I won't get too far, but I think there's definitely a law that needs revisiting over the summer by, 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 the, by the game makers or the lawmakers, really. Uh, okay, well, another thing that happened over the weekend was um, West Brom, Darren Moore, um, they're fourth in the championship, uh, the manager got sacked. I mean, being fourth in the championships, you know, well in the playoffs, maybe not, maybe not certain to go up. Obviously, not certain to go up, but maybe not necessarily challenging to go up. But cemented in the playoffs, the sacking would seem a bit harsh. Yeah, you look at the sides they're behind, like Leeds, Norwich are flying. It. I think it's Sheffield United, but I don't know. I was listening on the radio, and West Brom fans were defending him, but there were there were a few that were, you know, oh, it was coming. It, just didn't play a nice style of football and it just reverts back to that whole you know grind you know what I don't know what fans want do they want to you know what they want open expansive football but be 7th 8th I, I don't know it's, of course it's harsh they've it was a poor I don't know they've got, they got a decent squad actually to be fair to them so they should be there and thereabouts in the championship but 
only you know only only two sides can get promoted, and Norwich and, and Leeds have been the best two sides in the in the league. So I, I, I don't know, I don't know what they're going to they're going to bring in. I don't, I don't know what's going. Well, there's be. there's a lot of competition in the Championship, obviously, and um, you know they're they're up there. Obviously, you know the, the board, I presume, because they've been taken over by the Chinese owners, haven't they? So it's not like the old Jeremy Peace where things were very consistent and and, and people were given a chance, but. Um, it would seem. I mean, the, the question I would ask is. I mean, I've also listened to radio shows with the, with the Spurs fan, uh, with the West Brom fans, who some of them have been on and said, "Well, you know, the performances haven't been great. Yes, we are fourth, but performances haven't been great." And I think if you look at their home record over the last two months, it's been poor. You take their away record, it's better than anybody else's in the league, which is why they're still up there. But the West Brom board have sacked him and don't seem to have anybody in mind. So to replace him with the guy who runs the youth side, which is what they've done seems a bit odd if you had someone else lined up who's coming in now that's one thing but to have no plan surely the guy who's got you in fourth position is better than no plan at all um, I'm not sure I haven't really followed this but um, I'm sure they've obviously maybe at the start of the season he's guaranteed them to go straight up you don't know and then looks like now they're not guaranteed well not a long way to go a few games left but if they're not playing well losing their home games the fifty million pounds is if you get promoted to the owner, he's obviously panicked and thinks that he needs a change up because it. I think I don't know the facts, but you do notice when teams get new managers, the results do tend to get, pick up. Well, and obviously, what that's <laughs> <laughs> and that's obviously what um, they've gone for, I suppose. Okay, so uh, one final thing we noticed over the weekend. Uh, Brad, uh, so last week, Bradford have uh, appointed another manager, which is Gary Bowyer, who uh, he's been around a little bit. Uh, one of his quotes from uh, his uh, interview when he arrived, or the press conference when he arrived, was that uh, it's a big job and he needed to take it because it doesn't come around too often. He is Bradford's eighth, eighth manager in five years, or their twelfth manager in nine, year, nine years, to put it another way. So it does seem that it does come about quite often, and if he if he doesn't pull his finger out, they're going to be looking for another one in about September or October. Oh, it's just <laughs> insert generic comment, isn't it, manager? Yeah, whether whether all media trained, isn't it? It was yeah. I, he's had a fall from grace, mind Gary Bowyer, isn't he? Yeah, he has, yeah. They're struggling in League One, are they? I, I guess though it is. I mean, I can't really remember. I'm not old enough, but they they were a Premier League side 20, 20 odd years ago, right? Yeah. Uh, so and it, it, I think they get one of the biggest, well maybe not whilst yeah, they're losing. They get bigger attendances, don't they? It's um, so I guess it is a good opportunity, but I, I don't know. I think they get eighteen, nineteen thousand. Yeah, yeah, and, and considering Leeds are just up the road and doing well, you know, it's still a good pool, but. Um, yeah, you know, just yeah, he just said anything generic, didn't he, to the media, and uh, well, he's been called out by you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, guys, just a, a couple of our. Uh, well, actually, I've got a few tonight. Uh, a few of our random questions, just to finish off. Uh, Flem and I know there's a. Uh, well, I was going to say friendly rivalry. I, I don't know. Um, maybe it's maybe it's not friendly rivalry. Who's better? At, who's better at badminton? Oh, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I think we play squash and badminton together, and I, I lose every week. But I win the odd game. But I don't think he's ever whitewashed me in badminton, and I don't think, he's, and I know he's never whitewashed me in squash. But I've whitewashed him in both badminton and squash. But I've never really beat. I've never beat him. So you're better. Hold on. So you, you've whitewashed him in badminton and squash, but you've never beaten him. Like on games, so I, oh, I lose like three one most weeks. 
um, but I've beat him 12-0 in both sports. <laughs> you could confirm this? <laughs> I would like to decline the comment. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> Fucking yes, he has, unfortunately. Okay, Josh, one for you. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. <laughs> Why? I suppose it's something in the middle of a bit of, a bit of bread. It's but a bit of meat in between two bits of bread, isn't it? Or is it one bit of bread to cut in half? So does that make it a sandwich? It's one bit of bread with a slice. Slice. It's okay. not two bits of bread. So, so what makes it? Does a sandwich have to be two bits of bread? Right, is a bun a sandwich? <laughs> when you have like a, a burger and a bun, is that a sandwich? That's the question That's I'm asking. Question. Let's, let's, let's expand this. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Is a burger a sandwich? Who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not you. Okay. One word. <laughs> Girl, we try and keep this podcast non-sweary, but Flem's here giving it to them all. Okay, one word answer then. Final question. If you had to choose between either giving up brushing your teeth every day or brushing your hair every day which one would you choose no brainer yeah hair every day hair 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 no brainer it's hair all round from the boys okay I think we better call an end to this before it gets out of hand some of us have got a committee meeting to get to and there's club business that needs attending to Uh, we're available on Apple Podcasts Google Spotify and all good podcast providers please subscribe and also give us a nice rating if you can we'd love for you to get in touch you can use the hashtag WFCPod on Twitter or contact us via other social media outlets we'd love to hear you we'd love to hear your voice on this if you want to send us a voice memo we believe we've got the editing skills to edit your voice question onto our podcast and answer it for you our predict the score is still running the prize pot is £1,000 please get hold of any of our players who all have entry forms for you to get involved for just a £1 stake with it being Cheltenham week you can't get a better uh, better odd than a £1,000 prize for a £1 stake I would like to thank Ant Heron Jamie Green and Josh Payne for their time this evening and of course to wish all of our sides the best of luck on this weekend thank you